Welcome to Profits Affogato, a podcast all about growing a profitable business that pours over into your life. I'm your host, Sarah Verhayen, online entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two. I'm the owner of Marish Books, where we help small business owners grow their profits by embracing the number side of their business. It's our mission to make business and accounting more human. Whether you consider yourself not a numbers person or you think playing in spreadsheets is a fun time, you're welcome here. So pour a cup of coffee and join me for inspiration, stories, and action steps to create the life of your dreams and a business you love. Hello, welcome back. Today, I am so excited to share this episode with you. I had a fantastic chat with Dr. Heather Rhodes. So Heather and I first met over a year ago, actually, last summer, we were in a group program together, a group coaching program. And when I started my podcast, I thought of her as a wonderful guest because she specializes in women's hormones. And as busy entrepreneurs who have businesses and families and friends and all of the commitments, taking care of ourselves is one of those things that, as we know, can be pushed to the back burner. And when it does, it can have super catastrophic effects on our well-being. So I was so excited to have Heather on here to chat all about hormones and how to improve those and just really take care of ourselves. And we also dive in a little bit to her business model and how she got to where she is and the steps she took to scale it. And I think you'll find it very interesting like I did. Dr. Heather Rhodes is a holistic pharmacist with a passion for women's health. She makes understanding your hormones simple and teaches you practical steps for maintaining hormone balance. Her natural approach to healing creates lasting results and symptom relief, specifically for PCOS, PMS, acne, and fertility. She's a CrossFit instructor, ice cream addict, toddler mom, and adoption advocate. Hi, Heather. How are you today? Hey, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Yeah, me too. So Heather and I have been connected for a while. We met on a group program, I guess, like over a year ago. I think it was last summer. Yeah. Yeah. So to get started, I'd love to hear more about your story on how you got started in your business. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a traditionally trained clinical pharmacist. And so that was kind of what I always knew was just the world of pharmacy. I don't think I was super aware that there was this whole other side to business without those traditional roles. And so I graduated and I just planned to do what everybody else does. I did go to a residency because I really wanted to work inside of like patient care centers. So like have that direct patient interaction. But my sister ironically had been working for an online brand. And as I got deeper into the health space world, I just kind of realized there's a big gap. A lot of times like patients want information and education and understanding, and there's just not a way for them to get it easily and effectively, especially with the time constraints. And then also like to the extent that they potentially need it. And so that's something I started to realize at first. And then when I became a patient inside of, you know, a traditional healthcare system, when we were trying to get pregnant, it was like so glaringly obvious. I was like, oh my gosh, there is such a gap here. And I knew that what I knew as a pharmacist had the potential to fill that gap because we learn so much. And I was kind of already doing it a little bit for myself. And then I really decided one day, like, that's it. I'm going to go all in and use myself as an experiment. And like, I'll either figure this thing out or I won't. And that was really, I think what kind of sparked my business because I started thinking, you know, if I have this education and these skills in healthcare and I'm having to figure out my own healthcare and advocate for myself and treat myself and like 
get the information I want on my own. What about the people that are like amazing in finance or amazing in architecture? They don't have a medical background to be able to decide what's true, what's false. Like, what can I apply? What can I not? And I was like, this just sucks. I don't think any woman should have to go through already hard and difficult situations without the answers they need. And so that's kind of what really sparks my idea to start a business. And then I just rolled with it. I started with a couple clients that I started helping totally for free. And so I initially was a, like, I kind of on the side was like a CrossFit coach and had been doing some health and fitness stuff. And then I started merging that with what I was learning about women's health and hormones. And so I just wanted to test out like, could I coach somebody in this way? Could I help them? Like, how could I do it? I don't necessarily advocate for my, I have clients that are both traditional, like medical clients that I help with hormones. And I also have business clients as well. And sometimes my health coaches that are starting businesses, I'm like, yeah, don't do anything for free, but I will be honest. I did (laughs) in the beginning (laughs) and I did it while I was working another job. And then just slowly started coming up with the ideas and really getting into what a women need and how can I serve them and how can I help them further? And that's really what sparked us and kind of grew these different programs and different resources eventually to the business model that we have now. And what does that look like now your business model? Yes. I was someone that like in the beginning, I think timing is everything in online business and online courses were like the thing when I first started. So I started with an online course and some one-on-one work. And then I quickly realized that the way I was doing one-on-one, I was going to burn out. Like, and I knew my income, my impact and my income both would always be capped at my time capacity. And that's what I was always used to in the healthcare setting. But I knew that's not what I wanted. Like my whole point was like, Hey, I want to stay home with my kids. I want to have more time with them. Like, I don't want to be working a traditional 12 hour workday as a pharmacist and coming home exhausted. And my kids just getting worse. So I knew that if I didn't want to create that same problem in my own business, I had to figure out a way to stop trading time for dollars. And so we started with group programs and I started with a couple different ones. I tested so many different things from like the style to when I was teaching the information to what we called it to like the length, like some four weeks, some six weeks, some 16 weeks, like we really kind of like maneuvered till we found a sweet spot. And once I found a sweet spot, something that I saw was working that I knew this program was creating the exact results that the women coming into it were looking for. I was seeing the evidence that this was happening over and over and over again. That's when I knew we had kind of like found our sweet spot. And so then what we decided to do was kind of double down on it a little bit. And I've gone through a bunch of different like evolutions of how we've gotten here, but I kind of slowly dipped off from online courses and a lot of mini programs and decided that the way I really want to help women is to give them a transformation. And I know there's a transformation I can make a promise on and stand behind. So we've created our signature program called the Total Hormone Reset. It's an eight-week group coaching program. We have created that to kind of become this automated, well-oiled machine that really gives women a full transformation. And I think I spent a lot of time going through the process of like, you have to niche versus you don't have to niche. You have to go really, really specific versus you don't. And like, I spent a lot of time trying to make those decisions and figure out what was best. But I think what ultimately led to us being able to really find this business model that works for us is, is kind of a combination of a ton of customer listening. So mm-hmm. like really understanding my clients, but also 
like kind of getting objective about my program. So like if I like almost acting like I didn't know what my program did and just simply seeing what it did for them from their perspective. And that just allowed us to like enhance it more and more and really make sure regardless of if you niche or not, I think this is a huge debate right now in online business too. If you can provide a way for someone to be fully supported in one transformation, there are a lot of people that need that. And everybody's different. Some people do much better with more of the passive courses. And I still open like sales on my passive courses for somebody that just wants a little bit of help. But I know that like the place that we really are meant to serve women is in really providing a transformation for them. And the best way for me to do that in a way that impacts others is in a group setting. But you know, when it comes to healthcare, there's always, people always like want that personal one-on-one touch. I think this is probably with any business, like people want that one-on-one capacity. So we've actually morphed into a hybrid. So we started as a plain group program. Now we've morphed into a hybrid between one-on-one and group coaching. And then we are stepping into next year, kind of going to the next level where we will have coaches that are running our same program, our same method, kind of underneath me, kind of alongside of me. So that way, again, we can just keep impacting more and more women because we really focus on like, this is healthcare that women deserve. Like they deserve to have answers. They deserve to have everything they need to know how their body works And really to take them from point A to point B with full support so that this is something that like is no longer a battle or a struggle for them. Yeah, absolutely. I have so many things I want to ask about. This is awesome. So yeah, I did bring you on to talk about more of the hormone stuff, which we'll get to, but I love that we're going into your business model and the business strategy and structure, because I think that's such a common place for us to be, especially as service providers in some form or fashion. And just to realize like, okay, in order to keep this thing scaling, I have to step out of it a little bit. And how do you do that? So I was wondering if you could take us back to that time where you had that realization of like, in order to take this further, I have to be less, less one-on-one services, more scalable. What did your team look like then? And what was kind of like the first few steps you took? And then what does your team look like now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good, good questions. Okay. So at the time when I first did it, I, I think I, I know I had a coach. I'll always have a coach. I think having a coach is like, you just always have to have, and and I say coach and it's kind of interchangeable with like mentor coach, like somebody who is on your team, who's my coach sometimes says like, I put on your Jersey and like, I'm in your corner. Like, okay, we've got to get this done for you. I love a goat coach that can kind of combine mindset with strategy. I think that's like one of the biggest benefits when it comes to coaching. So I think at that point in time, I had a coach. I believe I had some support with social media. So somebody that would listen to my like information I was putting out, like either my courses or my webinars and then create social media posts about them. This was before the world of reels. So social (laughs) media posts were the bread and butter. And then I, you know, handled like stories and that type of thing. And then I believe pretty fairly on, I had someone on my team that did pitching for podcasts. So pitched me to be on podcast. And so that's kind of where we were in the very beginning when I made that transition to group coaching. And I was really scared to do it because I was just like, I've never, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how this works. And I found that just kind of like going all in and learning as you go was really the way to do it. And so I actually ran like two or three back to back to back, like didn't even stop to think about it and then kind of did some evaluation. And then we kind of took our next level of like morphing that. And so ironically, my team now looks about the same. (laughs) We're definitely getting ready to kind of step up our 
team game. And, but right now it's, it's mainly me. I have a coach. I have a kind of like COO. So somebody that helps with the systems in place and managing everybody on my team. And then I have a VA, a social media support person, and then a, the same girl that does podcast pitching. So that's kind of what our teams look like now. It's interesting the women that we've added to our team since that initial switch to group programs have all been women that have gone through the group program. And so it's really awesome. I've just always felt like the core part of a team has got to be like the heart, like you can Mm -hmm. teach skills, but if somebody's really bought in on you, on your mission, on what you're doing and they're sold out and that's your job as the leader, right? Is to continually sell your team on the mission. Like you're always a salesperson in any business, right? Even if you're the CEO, you're still the salesperson because you're, you're selling your mission, you're selling your vision to your team members. And so that has just been really fun to have these girls that went through our program and truly had their lives changed that now want to help do the same for other women. And so I think that really has supported the success of our team. Yeah, absolutely. Have you hired the coaches that you're talking about that are going to start helping out next year? And what are what's your process for finding those? Like I think you mentioned they have gone through your program and as well as like training them to be coaches. I'm curious what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. So we are having because I work in again, like such a medically Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just met. I don't want to say I work in the medical field, but essentially we do <laughs> like it's health coaching, but there's still a lot of like medical considerations, right? The women that will coach our program will and u- utilize our method. Ideally we'll already have some form of health background. So the mm-hmm. ones that we have so far, I have a nurse, another pharmacist, another nurse, they have gone through our program. So it's kind of like someone who's gone through our program, but also kind of has that basic knowledge or understanding of the body and how it works and being able to add kind of that intuitive piece. Cause I think that's really what helps with the transformation in our program is that we're not just following a script. Like we really are thinking about how does the body work? How does the body respond to certain signals and inputs? And we're taking that information and helping you individualize it. So you kind of have to know a little bit about that to be able to apply the method well. So our coaches get certified in the method. So like I said, we have a very proven process and we have the data to back that up. So we're seeing, you know, one of the benefits of our program is that we know that it can help women that you will have after going through our program, you'll have everything you need to experience more energy, calmer moods. The main kind of like more medical aspect is that our program naturally boosts progesterone levels. And when we talk about hormones, I'll go deeper into that. But when that happens, when your progesterone is naturally increased, we know that that decreases stress hormones and it improves estrogen function. So most people that are having hormone imbalances just have something off with their estrogen, progesterone, and stress hormones, right? Like that's the big picture of what's going on when it comes down to women's hormones with most of the issues they experience, like low energy, heavy periods, low libido issues with fertility. Like these are the big things we see. So we know, and we've seen the data over and over and over again, we're in our 13th round of this same program. Yeah. That we, that if you utilize the method, you can see your body naturally boost progesterone production. And we see that. And so it's, kind of helping our health coaches get certified on the method, understand how it works, but then still be able to bring that individualized component. And then every client that goes through our program still has access to me in some capacity. We just put a little more boundaries around that. I'm curious, what does that look like the access that they have to you and how do you protect your time? 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. So we are running, so I will have my own personal rounds. Like you can always still sign up with me to go through the program, but my coaches will also be running rounds of it. So in 2023, like you'll be able, and some of those are more specific. So like one of our coaches is going to be very specific to menopause and perimenopause. So even though my rounds are mainly people that are either newly postpartum or, and I say newly postpartum, but like postpartum's up to like three-ish years. So my girls are typically kind of more in the trying to conceive, trying to get their periods back, PCOS, postpartum realm. And then some of my coaches will branch out to our menopause, perimenopause. We actually have one that's kind of working on possibly niching a little bit deeper into twin moms or moms of multiples, just because we have so many of those go through our program. We know that like that's a niche area. And so, yeah. So what does that look like? So they will be doing coaching inside. So it's still my method. I'm still doing the initial trainings and teachings. And then I have what we call office hours, which is where it is just me in an open zoom room. Mm -hmm. And so we do it a couple of times throughout the program where you can just come and ask questions. It's just Q and a, and really it's a lot of individualization. So that's where I'm going to look at your individual tracker and pull it up and see like, okay, what's going on for you? Like, where's your body at? What signals is it giving us? And you've got more of that one-on-one time. And then we will also, I will host group coaching calls that include everybody. And so we'll have your, again, it's just that full layer of support. So you'll have your more like day to go. I mean, think about like a football team, like your quarterbacks have their offensive coach. I'm probably not saying the names of all these people, right? I wouldn't know (laughs) an offensive coordinator. And you have like a quarterback coach and like, you have the people that are in there with you day to day and they kind of report back to the coach and say like, Hey, this is what's Mm -hmm. going on. This is everything. But then you still see that coach when you go to practice. So that's kind of how it's going to look for our clients. And I've just, I just love, I love our program so much. I love being able to answer people's questions and help them that like, that doesn't feel like work to me. Mm-hmm. So we're just, again, like what those boundaries look like. is just me first looking at what do I want my schedule to look like? What do I want my kids schedule to look like? What does my husband, you know, does our family need? And like, how does that impact my work? Because that's the whole point of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think sometimes it's really easy and I'm so guilty of this getting into online business and kind of just like hustling your way to the next number. And something that I think has actually helped me get to the next numbers (laughs) is paying attention to what does it look like for me to be really wealthy now? What does it look like for me to have time wealth and to have time freedom and to have a schedule that I absolutely love? Because if you're operating from that place and making decision, business decisions from that place, that's going to get you to the big numbers that you're wanting. But most of us, I know this from the coaching we were in Sarah, like most of us just want to like figure out any way we can to kind of hustle our way there and be like, I'll put in the hours just to get to, you know, the multi six figure mark. Like I'll put in the hours just to get to seven figures. But then you have it and it's like, well, now what do you do? You're Mm -hmm. not going to know how to hold that, how to make it last, how to enjoy the freedom that all of that brought to you. So that's been something that's been really important to me when it comes to setting my boundaries is looking at what does my family need? What do I want? What do I desire in my business? How do I make decisions from that place? And then at the same time, I look at my clients, how much interaction with me do they need? I'm not going to add it in there just so we can charge more if it's going to be more confusing for them. Right. Like I'm really thinking what truly gets them this transformation. They don't need as much access to me as they think they do, or they're not going to have a transformation. They're going to be completely dependent on me. Right. And I know that. 
really stepping into that role is like, I am the expert. And even though my client may feel like they need to be able to box for me every single day for the transformation I provide, some of them don't need that. Mm -hmm. Some of them do, but some of them do not. So I'm not going to have somebody that doesn't need that do it just because they're afraid of doing some things on their own and having another coach help and support them in that way. Because I know, Hey, that's going to get you the transformation you're really looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great when you've done something 13 times and <laughs> have yeah, been able to <laughs> tweak and refine it so much. Like I can, yeah. yeah. And I had so much mind drama over that. Like really? I was so nervous to sell it. Like because the way we do open enrollment. So like you can always join, mm-hmm. you're just joining the next round. Okay. And like from a business perspective, I'd only ever done like launches, mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to launch now or not. Now we're going to launch now or not. And like, there was such a feast or famine mindset, especially when it comes to profit and like being afraid to spend any money because we were in a lull and then like getting this big launch and then being like, okay, well, I can't even use it because it has to last for the next three months. Like there's so much mind drama there. And when I really worked through that and decided like, you know what, people need my help and people need this program and we're going to make it really fun to join it and to be in it no matter when you join. That was really when I started to see the momentum pick up, Mm -hmm. Um, both from the women that are in the group, like our group, once we made that decision, the women that have been in our groups, the last like four rounds, I'd say have been like the best, like talk about ideal clients, like ideal clients, the absolute best. And that even led me to then create an alumni program. And I don't think I would have done that if I wasn't in the place where I was loving the groups and filling it with the right people. And I think the reason we were able to do that is because again, I got out of some mindset things that were keeping me stuck and keeping me from having this impact that I said I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, you know this, but it's like, so all interconnected. Absolutely. So what does your, if you're open to sharing, what does your schedule look like? And like just on a day-to-day basis, how many hours a week do you work? Is it working well for you? What does that look like? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely always improving this. I am someone who loves to work. And so right now I typically will only have four days out of the week that I schedule anything. One of them is kind of a heavy client day. One of them, we try to keep more like behind the scenes. I also operate on an AB schedule, which is where one week is clients. And then the next week is me working on my business. So that's my time to be the visionary, to look at our coaches, to support them, to look at like, Hey, how do we redo our workbook? Or do I need to go in and add any extra trainings? Because a lot of women are like, I'm saying the same thing over and over again on a group coaching call, like just trying to, again, make things as effective and supportive as possible. So that's kind of like the first piece of how we work. And then I'd say my schedule is a little bit different day to day because again, I have that time freedom. And so I've got some things like in place like, okay, I know that every day at this time, I'm going to go in and do my group coaching calls for the alumni. And I know that it's going to be on a Tuesday or Thursday that I'm going to go in and do our coaching calls for the program. And I know that I'm going to meet with my VA every day at this time. Then what happens in between there kind of follows this more loose schedule. So like Wednesdays, I meet with a a coach. It's open for coaching days. It's open for podcast. But then also like, you know, today (laughs) I was running errands for my son this morning and I had to go to a meeting at his school. And so like, it gives me that flexibility to where if some days I work three hours a week and other days I might pull, I'd say one time a month, I pull a long, like nine to five day. It usually ends up being like 
nine to four, but that's still like a long day to me. I know that it's worth it to do that one or two times a month because it gives me so much freedom in the other spots. So I think that it's, it's again, just really understanding like, what does that look like for you? What are your desires? My new goal that I'm working on right now is truly at three o'clock shutting my door, turning everything down and like just letting my brain not think about work. Cause I will leave my office working all day long, yeah. right? Like in my brain. And maybe I'm like, okay, well I should get on Instagram and do these stories or, mm-hmm. or I should just make this real. So it's ready to go for tomorrow. Like just the little things. And I am really trying to get to a place where like, I just want something different for my kiddos. than traditionally what they've, what they see. And what I think a lot of parents do because we think we have to versus we like want to right? like, I know I want my kids to have this different type of life and I want to be able to provide, you know, and have that financial freedom for them. But at the same time, I also know that like, I want them to know that I was present and I want to be present. And that's so important to me. And sometimes I spent a lot of years thinking, well, I'm just going to do this now so that I can be present later when they're like in school full time, then I'll be able to pick them up every day and blah, blah, blah. And I think I realized like that is such a mind trap because I'm making decisions from a place where that's not possible. But if I started making that a priority and that became possible or that was the reality, then it becomes a possibility for the other things to fall into place in response. So I think I just like had it backwards for so long. So yeah, that's some of the areas that we're working on. Yeah. I love that. That's so easy to do. Like you said too. And I love too that I think it's it's partially how you conduct your own schedule and everything. And then partially the people that you choose to work with of like, you know, if something comes up with our kids, like it's not a big deal. Like nobody's going to freak out because we're a few minutes late or because we have to switch our schedule because somebody's sick. Like I know my kids have been gone through like two months of on and off sickness from being back in school and just having those kind of systems, I guess, but like people you work with and, you know, modeling it to where like, this is just what it is. And like, if you get mad at me about it, then you're not the right client for me <laughs> in my situation anyway. So I think yeah. that's- a And even that it. like grace for yourself too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have the expectations of myself that like, if I have a sick kid, I think I go is like, oh my gosh, I don't want to cancel on this person. I don't want that. Like I'm, I'm not even in the space of like worrying about the kid. <laughs> like right. the kid is now like a burden and that's never, ever, ever what yes. I want. Yes. my kids in my life to be, but it's, I've definitely been in a spot in my business where that was the case. And I think what that came down to was me having a lack of trust in myself, in my abilities, in the service I am providing to my clients and also a lack of trust in my clients that like, they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And they get it. And you know, that it's not that we just forego expectations, but it's also that sometimes we have to have grace when our expectations aren't met and the hundred percent perfect way that some of us like myself would want. Yes. That's so true. I would say 90% of it is like your own judgment of yourself. (laughs) Like the other person's probably not even worrying about it as much as you. And then if you've like worked yourself up, then the way you present it could potentially be like even worse. And then like, they now feel a certain way when they're like, Oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you've always got to be a salesperson. Even if you have a sales team, like now you're selling your clients on why it's better for them that you move their appointment to tomorrow. (laughs) Right. So yeah, I'd love to dive into the hormone part of what you do now. I haven't been through your program. I think I watched a masterclass or something like that, that you did. I remember it was in the midst of 
busy season at my full-time job and I was working from home, but I was like working until nine o'clock at night or something. And so I was like, okay, Heather says to do legs up the wall. So I'm going to log off and yes. <laughs> do legs yes. up the wall for 10 minutes and then go back to work. Oh my That's goodness. I yes. Remember I remember that. us talking and me being like, oh my gosh, Sarah, like it is your schedule. We just have to shift your schedule. Yes. And if you're going to keep it like this, we've got to add some support in there yeah. so that your body can keep going. Yeah. So what would you say if somebody is stressed out and just, or even let's say burned out, like where did somebody start? Yeah. Okay. So ironically, it's very similar to what I was just describing about business in that if you are in the place where you're like, Hey, I'll focus on my health when, Mm -hmm. or Hey, you know what? Like I'm going to worry about my energy and my hormones. Once I lose the weight, I hear that all the time. Like then again, you are setting yourself up to continue operating into, in a reality. That's not what's aligned with what you want. So I always tell people first to like, get really clear on what you want. Like some of us and be honest, like some of us thrive on the environment for burnout. Like some of us love Mm. waiting till the last minute. Like we feel so productive, right? Mm -hmm. And like some of us get a lot of our worth and our value and who we are from being so productive and seeing those merits and always being like, and I'm, I'm even guilty of this. Like going to pick my kid up, we walk to pick them up and like I'm on my phone because I'm on Facebook ad calls. And, And it's like, you feel so like, this means I'm doing it. Like I'm successful, but really it's not because then what happens is you snap at your kid because you're so exhausted and because you were trying to get something done that you couldn't get done or because you haven't eaten all day. And then your kid has these big emotions and big feelings. And it's really hard for you to handle them because your body is having some pretty high demands. You don't know how to meet and they're showing up and they're overflowing in ways you don't want them to. So a really clear sign of that, I think first taking people back to like, Hey, what's a sign that your body might be burnt out. Even if you don't feel burnout, because again, some of us like love that. That is our lives. That's what we've thrived on. That's what feels safest to us. Some signs that your body might be operating in burnout and that your body might need some support because it's headed in a direction that's going to eventually prevent you from being able to be as productive as you want. So I really start thinking about how are you sleeping? Are you wired, but tired? So you're like exhausted, but then you're waking up, you're not able to sleep at night, but then you're waking up like super tired or you're so tired during the day, but then you have like racing mind at night. And next thing I think about is like snappiness and not snappiness. Like somebody's annoyed you. So you're snappy, but snappiness, like I just bit that person's head off. And I don't think I actually feel that way. Like you're (laughs) noticing that your reactions are just really exact or like you respond to something and you think in your mind, like, Hmm, something's off. Like, I'm just being really moody. Like, why am I doing this? That's usually a sign that your body is in a place where it's needing more support that it's not getting. And so it's increasing your stress hormone production. And a lot of people think about stress from the standpoint of like feeling mentally stressed when really there's that, but most of us don't understand that our body increases the production of stress hormones when it gets signals that there's a lot of stress around. And so stress from your body's perspective might be totally different than stress from your mind's perspective. So your body is evaluating stressors in terms of what is happening in our environment. So do we have a lot of blue lights? Are the lights on or are the lights off? What about pollution? Like, is your body having to detox a lot? Because there's just a lot of stuff coming into your body that might not necessarily 
be supposed to be there, right? Are you eating enough? So if you're under eating, your body takes that as a major stressor. It's like, oh my gosh, we're living somewhere where there's not a good food source available. So in order to survive, we need to have a lot of these stress hormones ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that also will start shifting the way your body handles other processes. So if you're under eating or overworking out, working out's another big stressor on your body, or you're eating in a way that your blood sugar is not staying stable. So you might like not eat anything until two o'clock and then you have this big meal and you're good. And then you have another big meal at dinner. We might not find that as like stressful. Like some of us might feel fine, but your body perceives that as stress because what's happening is in between all of those meals, your liver is having to regulate your blood sugar because your brain is always needing sugar. And so if you don't have consistent levels then somewhere else in your body is having to compensate for that. And if that's what your liver is busy doing, then what it's not doing is what it's supposed to be doing, which is detoxing and making hormones and kind of filtering through things. So it's really about looking at this idea that your body has a system to keep hormones balanced. And if you don't know how to use that system, it's really, really possible and very, very common that something's gotten out of whack and your body has started responding in a different way. It's adapted. And for a lot of us, we see symptoms of that, but they're not necessarily disruptive enough for us to think we need to do anything about it, but they progress. And then all of a sudden one day, somebody's like, you know what? Like I'm sleeping like horrible. I'm getting acne and I've never had it before. I gained 15 pounds and I can't lose it at all whatsoever. And then they're like, what is it? It must be what I'm eating. I should diet. No, it's that you've had this system that your body's been trying to work around. Your body's been feeling this stress for a while. So it's made all of these adjustments and you're just now seeing the effects of those adjustments months to years later. So those are some of the big, some other big kickers where I'm like, okay, this person is clearly burnt out. If you're too busy to eat, if you don't like eating and foods, just like whatever, you don't think about it. So it's really easy to skip meals. If you aren't getting hungry in between meals, so your metabolism is totally just shut down and turned off that irritability, low energy, wired, but tired. And then obviously like hormone issues, like your periods are heavy or they're irregular or they disappear and kind of going on with mood swings, that rage, especially when it's happening in a cyclical manner. So if you're noticing you're getting really ragey before your period starts or around ovulation, that's a really good sign. Your stress hormones are calling the shots. And then I typically think about when somebody says like, I gained 15 pounds very quickly, right in my app, like my lower waist abdomen, and it's not going anywhere. I'm like stress hormones. Mm-hmm. So those are some signs that your body if it's not burnt, it's more so a sign that your, your body has turned down your metabolism to start conserving energy. And when that's the case, it's because the signals that there's too much stress are getting very, very high. So the body doesn't feel safe enough releasing energy. And it's ironic because this works just like a bank account where you and I know that if my income got cut by 50%, I'm going to have to do one of two things. I'm probably going to spend less and I'm probably going to go in to my budget and see where can I cut Mm-hmm. Where can I move things around? So that way I'm not spending as much in these areas Well, your body does the same thing. If your resources have decreased, but your demand is possibly increased and your body goes in and says, all right, what's unnecessary here? What can we cut? So sometimes it means the body's like, all right, we're not going to make as much 
sex hormones or libido hormones. She doesn't need that right now. Mm -hmm. She needs the hormones that are going to keep her heart beating. And then the body will also say, all right, cool. We're not letting any energy out. So we're just going to conserve everything. And that slows your metabolism down because the body's like, we don't know when the next thing is coming. We don't know what's coming in. So we can't operate in a state of flow anymore. We need to have something come in and then save it for later. And so people walk around with this desire to have a fast metabolism to see and metabolism isn't just calories in calories out metabolism is how your body does everything. So how your brain tells your liver to function, how much energy your liver gets to be able to do what it needs. Well, same with your gut, same with your thyroid, same with your hair. People get like hair thinning and hair loss. And they're like, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, yeah, your body doesn't think that's necessary. That's like extra, right? Like, <laughs> like if, if you're, income got cut, you're probably not going to go to the nicest salon anymore. Right. Like that's something where you can still eat every day, but you're not going to have the best highlights. Like you cut what's unnecessary. Your body does the same thing when it doesn't have what it needs. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, is this similar for men? And I know you specialize in women, but for us with husbands and, you know, sons that we're raising and whatnot, yeah. is it a cure? Is it a similar process for men and their stress hormones? Oh, I absolutely wish I could say yes, but the answer is no, it's the exact opposite. Really? Yeah. Because men have testosterone Mm -hmm. and so testosterone is their primary sex hormone. Women have estrogen, our primary sex hormone, well, estrogen and progesterone, they're kind of both our primary, but as a woman, so remember that we live in very instinctual kind of like animalistic bodies. And so at the most basic level, take away like our souls, (laughs) your body itself job is to continue the species. So not as a woman, you are the carrier and the man is the seed, right? So for men, when there's a threat, it actually increases their testosterone so that they are more likely to plant their seed, right? So (laughs) basically this is so interesting. So for men, what that does, I mean, high testosterone obviously affects libido. So their libido goes up. We also see that they actually start burning fat and having more lean muscle because for men, like lean muscle, number one, it's definitely something that helps with their attractiveness. And the body knows that that's why the body releases pheromones in different times and ways. Like it's all very instinctual, but also they need to be strong and fast mm-hmm. to be able to survive, right? Whereas for women, we are the more vulnerable. And so for us, when stress hormones increase, it actually changes our estrogen and progesterone. And it kind of starts adding fat <laughs> to where our ovaries are. We actually see this completely opposite where it decreases our hormone production because the body's like, hey, if she gets pregnant, she's not going to be able to survive. So mm-hmm. pregnancy is a vulnerability. So we need to decrease her vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. So the body will actually go the opposite way and say like, we actually don't want her to get pregnant. We want her to live so that she can get pregnant later. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. it's, it's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I do feel like is important to caveat here is that everyone, no matter male or female, once your body gets to a certain threshold where like, it's been under so much stress for so long everything, all, all sex hormones will shut down. So men eventually can, it's like a curve. Mm -hmm. Like at first when they have high stress, their testosterone increase, increase, increase. But if they don't have enough resources coming in to be able to support that increased production, then eventually it's just going to die off and you'll have like none. So we see different phases of burnout. And so same thing kind of happens with like adrenal fatigue in women too. In the beginning of burnout, you have like a small, usually we see increases in estrogen. So estrogen's like high, high, high. And then 
typically, eventually, if you continue going that path, and you don't add that support and stress just gets more and more and like your stress bucket just keeps getting more and more full. Eventually, we see that the body and same with adrenal hormones, adrenal hormones will increase. And then you get to this point where the body's truly running on fumes, and it can't make any of them anymore. And then you're leveled out. So this is how people can have all of these symptoms. But then their estrogen, progesterone and adrenals all look low. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not making a lot of stress hormones because my adrenals are shut down. And it's like, yeah, they're shut down because you made so many for so long that it doesn't have anything left. It doesn't have anything left to give. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more indicative that you're under more stress than sometimes people like will apply this theory of like, oh, well, then it must not be stress hormones. It's like, no, 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 it is. You're just so far past the stress, <laughs> the stress zone that like you've bottomed out kind of like a car, like you can hit, you can speed up. And you're going to go fast, but eventually that car is either going to run out of gas if you're going that fast for that long, or something's going to happen and you're going to flatline. Like you're not going to be able to go a hundred forever. And that's kind of what happens to our body too. So interesting. Yeah. I, (laughs) it's fascinating the differences of men and women. And I always wonder because all of the like hormone stuff and especially like trying to conceive stuff is always geared towards women. And I'm like, aren't men 50% of the equation? Like, are we just dis what's disqualifying them completely from the conversation. Yes. yes. Which actually is what happened to us. Ironically, that was a huge part of our fertility story. Yeah. It was just all assumed to be me, but then it was Mm -hmm. also unexplained and like, but I also at the time had PCOS, there was a lot Mm -hmm. going on, but then we did a little more digging and there were a lot of lifestyle changes that needed to be made on the other side as well. Mm -hmm. That nobody mentioned, nobody told, I was told to lose weight. I was told to go on medications. I was told all of these things. And that really just wasn't the case at all for what was going on. So wow. it's really interesting that it, it does. You're exactly right. It goes specifically to women like mm-hmm. right away. And it's yeah. just so, I mean, yeah, interesting is a great word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I a lot of progress to be made there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the other reason why health and hormones and even weight and dieting feel so, and they all go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we're in a society where when people think or hear the word healthy, they think weight. And that is so wrong and like just not accurate, but I think it's important to address it because that's where people are right now, because that's how our society has conditioned us. So we've got to meet you where you are, anybody in these conversations. But one thing that I think is really why so many women have hormone imbalances and we're seeing such declining rates of fertility and we're seeing these really big issues is because the dieting world which is infused our healthcare. Most healthcare is now not necessarily disease management. A lot of times it's weight management and everybody's like, oh, well, if you lost weight, this would get better. Whereas weight is typically a symptom of an imbalance somewhere else. But I think the reason it's such a huge issue for women is because all of our studies on weight loss were conducted in men. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't men, women were excluded until I'm pretty sure like the later 90s. And if they were included in trials, they needed to be on birth control because it was too much of a risk, (laughs) right? It was too much of a risk to have a menstruating woman on a trial because people just didn't know, well, are we going to get the same results every single day? Well, they did know that the female body works differently every single day because our hormones change every single day. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, cool. If they're going to be in the trial, we need to have the hormones totally shut off with birth control, which is what birth control does. It just turns the whole system 
Right. And then it's like, what's the point of even doing a study? <laughs> right. So when people say like, oh my gosh, well, keto's got research behind it. Intermittent mm-hmm. fasting has research behind it. I, I used to work for a drug company. My undergrad degree is in clinical research. And so I think I'm, I just love to point out like, no, 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 no. Like it's not as simple as that. Like you have to look at the components of the research. You have mm-hmm. to look at who was included and who wasn't. You have to look at how long was this studied. And so things like intermittent fasting and keto, they do have research in certain populations and in certain situations, but for the average woman who is looking at this to be her lifestyle long-term and she's still in her fertile years, like the, the data is just not there. And it might seem like it's there because it can possibly reduce your weight for six weeks. Sure. But you have to think about, well, was that study conducted in women or men? Because I just said in men, testosterone increases and they immediately start building lean muscle And so really it's their hormones that are the hormone change that's dictating a lot of the weight loss versus like calories in versus calories out, which is just not accurate either. That's a whole other soapbox. But I just think it's important for women to understand like, Hey, when it comes to weight loss and exercise science, menstruating women are a very, very understudied population. And that's why my belief is, Hey, you've got to start with your hormones that are controlling everything first and your metabolism first versus just trying to manipulate things for 12 weeks to see a result that menstruating women may have never even seen. And then we blame ourselves, right? Because we're like, well, the studies show that 70% of women should have this result. And it's like, well, are you on birth control? How old are you? Are you, is your diet being controlled in the way these are? That's the other thing with a lot of these studies, the people are like, they don't have the option to eat any other food you do. So it might seem like it was sustainable for 12 weeks, but it wasn't. So I just think that like, there's so many caveats to keep in mind when we shame ourselves and feel really frustrated with our health results and kind of where we're at. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of it comes down to managing stress. And if somebody like we were just talking about my busy schedule last year, and I wasn't in the position to change it immediately, I actually just released or record an episode on like waiting, like the season of waiting and Mm -hmm. being patient and all that. But so if somebody is in a busy, hectic schedule, for whatever reason, they can't change it, what are a couple of easy things they can add in to help regulate their hormones? Yeah. So again, I'm going to go back to this example of it really does work like a budget. So if you know, you have this big expense every single day, like this huge, you know, your schedule, your time, there's a lot of demands on that. That's pulling, that's taking out. You really have two options. You have to either decrease your expenses elsewhere or you have to increase what's going in. And so that's really what I like for people to start kind of brainstorming is like, all right, cool. If you've got a really crazy schedule, then where are you willing to adjust? Maybe Mm -hmm. you don't need to wake up at 5am and go to the gym every day. If you're pulling 14 hour days, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, it's thinking, what are the other withdrawals that are happening in my body? Maybe that's not your season to diet. Maybe that's not your season to train for a marathon. Maybe that's not your season. Maybe that is your season to get some help from your significant other overnight so that when the kids wake up, they're getting them Hmm. just kind of thinking like, where is your balance at and how are you supporting this busier season? And then the next thing is like, if some of those things don't have wiggle room, some of us don't have significant others to help with this. Some of us aren't doing a lot of gym stuff that's optional. And we really are just at our max capacity just surviving, then I go back to, all right, then we just simply have to put more in. So you just need more coming in so that that withdrawal isn't 
as noticeable, right? So that you're not going into debt every day with that withdrawal. And so that really looks like how are you intentionally eating enough, stabilizing your blood sugar, giving your body the things that it needs to like make hormones and sleep and do a lot of other things. So one of the things I see for most women is that we really tend to eat too little protein, unless you're somebody who's intentionally like tracking or thinking about protein or building muscle or something like that. Most like the everyday mom is typically just like under eating protein. And that's really important because your body takes protein and it doesn't just turn it into muscle. It turns it into other stuff. So an example is it turns it into the mucous membrane that lines your gut. So if you are under eating protein and you're having trouble sleeping at night, I'm thinking about your gut. Like, okay, you're missing that lining now. And overnight, you're not getting the sleep you need for your body to be able to process and pull out nutrients well and kind of regenerate that environment. So most likely you are creating an environment that's set up for leaky gut. Well, what does leaky gut do? It comes in and it decreases your thyroid function. And then now you have gut dysbiosis, which means that when you do eat, you're not pulling the nutrients you need from it. So now your body's getting some vitamin deficiencies. When your body has vitamin deficiencies, you feel really fatigued. And so it's kind of creating this double whammy in a lot of ways. And so I think it's really important to remember that like, Hey, we don't just eat protein to turn into muscle or carbs to turn into sugar. They really do support how the system functions overall and how it functions well. So I definitely tell people like, if you can rest more, eat more, eat in a way that's supportive, just kind of focus on your nutrient density. And what that means is that you are having something that has easy to use nutrients and resources. And by easy to use, it just means your body doesn't have to do a ton of work in order to get that. So again, if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of time and you're needing to change your budget around, like you're not going to go work a job that pays $6 an hour. If you could work a job that pays $60 an hour. That's like, such that's, a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. Like that's I such a it. misuse of your time. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you're in that same situation, you need to eat foods that mm-hmm. give your body $60 an hour so that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to work a whole lot to be able to use them. And that's what I think people get really confused with like healthy foods versus unhealthy foods is we think it's just like more fruits and veggies or cleaner, whatever. And cleaner definitely plays a role. Like processed vegetable oils are really hard for the body to break down and get nutrients out of if, if they're in your food, but not everything goes through that traditional lens of something that is low calorie, high veggie, because low calorie essentially means you need more of it, which means you're taking more time to eat. You're having to plan more foods and really that's lining up with that view of health that is okay. The healthiest foods are the lowest calorie foods because they control our weight. That's still looking at it from the weight lens. We're looking at how do you feel? How do you function? Nutrient dense foods are usually higher in calories and that's going to give you way more bang for your buck. So sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to get a salad instead of a steak. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like the steak is what your body, your body can take that steak and turn it into so much nutrients the salad, your body's going to work all night to try to get one little ounce of B vitamins out of the five cups of lettuce you just put in there. And so I think it's just helping to shift that focus of really understanding what the body needs and how that system works. And that is what we teach in our program, because it's really simple shifts. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do something wild and crazy to order something different at the restaurant. And it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you need to order 
I don't know, something gross like anchovies. I'm saying like, okay, cool. Let's get something that's just as delicious, <laughs> but it's going to be a little more supportive for you. So I think that's why we see so much success for the women in our program is because we take the things they're already doing day in and out. You're already mm-hmm. choosing what to eat. You're already making meals. You're already buying snacks. We just help you to figure out for you, which ones, which of those shifts are going to be the biggest bang for your buck and how can you do it in a way that's going to be as easy as possible for you. Yeah. Really quick. I'm curious. What about vegetarians? Mm. Do you think that a vegetarian diet is, can be optimal for hormones? It just depends where your metabolism at is mm. at. So is it going to be optimal? Probably not. Like the op- the more optimal one is going to include animal protein. Like we know that's going to be a little more supportive and better, but if that's, if one of your parameters is that I'm not going to eat meat and it's like, okay, let's work with that. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be the best. We're just looking mm-hmm. at what's the best for you right now. So even our vegetarians, I'm like, yeah, there's some places we can change things up. My husband was actually vegetarian for like, I don't know, six or seven years. And I watched how like in the beginning it was real vegetarian. And then it kind of turned into like, I won't say not real vegetarian, but we just called it like lazy vegetarian, right? So it was like, oh, I can eat this cheese pizza and Oreos because they're technically vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegan. And I'm like, well, that's great. But that's <laughs> not the same, like plant-based. Right. So you can definitely still get protein and stuff from plant-based, but you have to, or from plant-based sources, you just have to know, hey, my body's going to have to work a little bit harder to use this and to get this working in the right way. And so that may change what you're requiring, like what your demand is on the other side. So sleep might be more important for you or taking more supplements might be more important for you if you're vegetarian and trying to focus in on how are we getting some of these additional minerals and things that the body may be missing from a traditional vegetarian diet. So it's definitely not like a requirement. I think it's just, again, focusing on like, where are you at and what is your goal? I always go back to that because some people are like, I just want to feel better. And I'm like, well, that's great. But what does feel better mean to you? Right. Like, what does that look like for you? Because if you don't care if, you know, you have enough energy to stay up till 1am, then like, we're not going to work on that. Like, we're going to focus in on what you are wanting for you. Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different for somebody that, you know, is like, well, I just need my skin to be more clear first than versus somebody who's like, I want my libido back. I'm going to take two different approaches to that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So interesting. I could literally sit here and pick your brain all day, but I won't. (laughs) So to close up, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests, which is if you could tell yourself a year ago, anything, what would it be? And it can be advice or encouragement or tough love or whatever. And feel free to give some context about what your life looked like a year ago. Okay. So my answer would be probably to make a decision, trust yourself and keep moving because this time last year was when I was in the middle of my like niche versus don't niche niche. Mm. And I sat with that decision for like ever. And what I was doing wasn't even niching. Like it wasn't even changing my program, nothing. It was all just like a messaging, like marketing decision. But I sat with it for so long that I stopped moving and I got really analytical and I got kind of paralyzed. And I just went with one of them and I'm not even going to say it was the wrong decision because it was the right decision for me because from the moment that I went with it and I evaluated the results afterwards, I knew exactly what to do since then. And we, I mean, things really just took off and we had momentum like we had never had before. And I thought a lot about, well, what was the difference there? Like what happened? And I think it's because I said like, you know what, I'm just going to go with this. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. And I learn. And that was the best thing we've ever done because mm-hmm. now I know like, like I never questioned that decision. I've never questioned it since. And I spent 
months doing nothing but questioning it. And that slowed us down so much because I was making decisions from a place of confusion and a place of lack and a place of scarcity of like, what well, if I change this, will this happen? And the second we just made it and went with it, even though again, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was the wrong decision. It definitely wasn't making the change I made. Wasn't what we ended up sticking with. It did not go the way I planned, but it was the best decision we could have made because it was a decision. And so I'd say that's like my, like the number one thing I would tell myself is like, you can trust your decisions, even if they don't like you're making the right decision, even if it doesn't, even if it feels like the wrong one, because it's not the outcome you anticipated, mm-hmm. it's still what is moving you. It's still progress. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather. It has been great talking to you. And I'm so excited for my listeners to hear this episode. Where can they find you? Yes. So at Dr. Heather Rhodes, D-R, Heather Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S on Instagram is like the spot. I have a website, just www.drheatherrhodes.com. It is currently under construction. So it should possibly be up in the next couple of days. But yeah, Instagram is the place. So just shoot me a message over there. Ask any questions you want. I am in there constantly. So yeah, that's where we show up most often. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Heather. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profits Affogato podcast. For all the links mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes. And as always, I'd love it if you would find me on Instagram at Marish Books, screenshot the episode, and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaway. 